Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hi everyone, I hope you're having a wonderful day. This episode I actually already recorded Um, But I'm adding this part because I realized that it may be a little bit confusing how I started, not letting you know what it would be about. So the title gives you an idea, but um, as it begins, I'll be talking actually about a story from my past that shaped a belief I had for so much of my life, and this belief interfered with me living my best life, like a lot of our thoughts do. The thoughts I had about this topic made it hard for me to find happiness and caused me a lot of struggle. The topic I will discuss is surrounding my beliefs in God, how my ideas were formed and how I struggled with them and eventually found freedom. I then discuss one of the tools I use to find freedom and peace in this area, and it's called rewriting your story. I don't expect anybody to agree with me here. The point is to share my story and what's helped me in the hopes of encouraging you to find peace and freedom from different stories in your life that haven't served you. I hope this clarification is helpful as you listen. Enjoy. Hello, my wonderful friends. I hope you are well. I'm excited to share with you what I have for you today. One area of my life that I have really struggled to be liberated and want to unpack before you is the area of faith and the tribal mentality. I want to talk about how it has affected the way I think about myself and the way I trap myself in my thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. I've had to deal with a lot of shame around the ideas of God and religion. There have existed for me a lot of fear and anxiety and unworthiness. The irony is that what I now truly believe about God and my spiritual journey with God is the opposite of the thoughts that produce that shame. Freedom and peace and the purest kind and deepest form of unconditional love cannot coexist with shame. I will be going deep here into my own beliefs, fears, and vulnerabilities, and depending on your past and background, you may get triggered here. Relate heavily or disagree heavily, or all of the above. It's your choice to continue on, and I totally won't be offended if you like or dislike this, agree or totally disagree. I'm not pushing my beliefs on anybody. I am, however, just giving my story, and I hope to give you a place where you can feel authentic and be able to reflect on your own struggle and know that it's not easy for any of us. I grew up with an incredibly loving, imperfect mom. She did her absolute best with where she was in life and what she had. She messed up, but she was all in. She pushed hard and did more than almost anybody I can imagine would, given the circumstances and her life's events and thus her scaffolding and roots. She struggled. It was hard and some of life broke her at times, which I am only beginning to be able to really comprehend now that I'm a mother and just having lived longer in my life. Does any of it sound familiar? She tried so deeply to give us the love she wanted us to have and thought it would be a great idea for us to know our father. She reached out to him and I met him when I was 13. 
My father and mother split up when I was an infant and I wasn't sure what to expect. I would have done anything, he said, for the desire to be accepted by my dad, to have a dad, to go to the store and not envy with such a putrefying envy that bled into hatred over time, these girls whose fathers walked with them arm in arm, the girls who I saw as not realizing how blessed they were to have a dad who was there and really loved them. I hated them, really. I hated them for their smirks to their dad's comments or resistance to his attempts to connect even though they were simply my interpretations. I hated them for my assumptions of how they were and how much I guessed they didn't appreciate that connection. My father then introduced me to his amazing family. Instantly, I felt expendable. I felt expended and replaced. He introduced me and my sister to his two new girls who were absolutely adorable and looked up to us more than we could ever understand why. My heart ached when I saw that they got to be what I perceived as a whole family and I clung to whatever my dad said. My dad told me about Jesus, but about his version of this man, Jesus. He gave me a Bible and told me I needed to accept Jesus as my savior or I was going to hell. He told me the idea of sin and my human nature, and his words sunk deep into my heart. I'm not trying to slam my dad here, and of course I'm paraphrasing. This was 23 years ago, people, but this shaped my beliefs in God. From that experience, my perception of God was one of a punitive and disappointed father, one who could give me, or who would give me, the love I was so desperately starved for only conditionally, and who I had to accept or face damnation. I didn't understand any of it, but I accepted these assessments from my thought world and I implemented them into my internal narrative rapidly without even knowing what was happening. I used what my story said as interpreted through this new lens to judge my past and my choices and my very way of thinking as being. I was immediately immersed in shame and fear. It became a self-loathing and radically imprisoning time of my life as I felt in a prison. The crazy thing is in all of this, I knew for myself inside that, that God was there with me. I felt him. That part made sense. I didn't know there was gray. I thought it was black and white, and I had to accept all that my father had said as truth or all of it as false. I didn't realize he could be jaded and partially wrong. I took this perception further into my adolescence, and my need for being fully accepted and loved became even more starved and forceful, and that manifested in my choices. I couldn't handle the shame and loneliness anymore and I finally dove into the wonderful world of partying. I found an easy way to connect with people and I learned that I could become a chameleon to blend into their world and close off my real self and find some form of temporary synthetic relief from my malnourished heart. All the while, feeling the shame in my awareness and knowledge of the presence of my creator looming around me, but from my enemy narrative, I saw God as judging me, being disappointed in my every move, and just appalled at my inability to live up to his standards. As with all of us, my life took more shape, and I made more twists and turns on my journey, some good and some bad, ultimately leading me toward exploring those depths. I read a book eventually a few years ago called The Four Agreements, and without knowing it, I realized that despite what I thought I believed, these 
deep-rooted thoughts that I had assimilated into my thought world were affecting every single area of my life dramatically. I was now faced with a very unknown, strange type of fear. It was a fear that shook the security of my belief system, but also showed a glimmer of hope in what it possibly seemed to offer me. A way to find freedom from the shame and yet a, a, a total hole in my belief systems upon what the majority of my core beliefs were based in. What if there is a God, this God who had been around all along, but what if he didn't look like the picture my father had painted for me so many years before? What if he was trying to show himself to me for so long, but I had been running in fear and shame, drowning without his love and acceptance, which was always there, right there for me? What if I could not only have a complete relationship with this God where I felt his loving acceptance all of the time, always connected and always accepted and loved fully, and I didn't have to have shame and fear? This exciting and terrifying seed of hope and fear started to grow. I was led down a long and windy road of growth and getting to know God and myself and getting confused and angry and then coming back into rest and trust and finding growth and wisdom and not knowing it all and not having to accept all that had been laid before me by other religion, religious and spiritual leaders or people like my dad. As I continued, I found freedom on the inside in some ways, but it caused me some turmoil and to project this narrative and struggle on my external world. I started to search for a tribe, for a place that felt right, but I didn't seem to fit. Where would I feel belonging and understanding and be able to rest in truth without all of these rules and shame and judgment? that controlled me and so many others, I was just so triggered often to the anger um, inside of me almost instantly by Christian references of shame and of stories where people use the name of God to do ghastly and horrid things to other people. I'm growing more and more into a new place in this current stage of my life now where I am realizing foundationally that no matter what we think, we are all on a different spiritual path. None of us believe the same about God and for none of us, God will be the same because this relationship is with each of us individually. Our faith is not the same as someone else's. Your faith is not mine and mine is not yours. I can find freedom in knowing that I won't, I don't have to have all the answers and I won't. But where I find unconditional love and freedom, there I too find the fingerprints of God and his presence as well. I can see the paradigms that I felt tied to. I felt like I had to stay with these paradigms because the unknown was too scary, but that's part of it all. Accepting that I can't control or understand it all, I can embrace where God has me as a choice. And I can accept where God has everyone and know that it's different for each of us. But I can also share my story knowing that there are others out there who found this same deep and ruthless struggle in this area and feel so trapped and alone. You are not alone. I've been there and I am still working my way through it. I found that the ideas I have had in my head about perfectionism and finding approval from people have been at odds. 
I've had this limiting belief in my head that I need to find approval from all of the people in my life, from all of the people, (laughs) just all of them, the Christian believers and the ones who don't believe in God or the ones who believe in different gods or other belief systems, whatever. They're at odds, people. This is incompatible because people don't approve of people always, period. And I can't try to hang my approval of myself on something so impossible. I would find myself afraid to defend my position and then I would realize, wait, I don't need to defend myself. I'm not at war. I can choose to accept all of it. I don't even have to label it. I was so afraid to accept the notion that worst case scenario, I might not be accepted by some people for the way I believe or the journey I am on. I had so much fear in not knowing where my path with God and Jesus was leading me, but as I continue, I realize that because I have my own love and acceptance rooted in this God who has always been with me, even though I can't put him in a box for someone, I can live with the idea that I might not be accepted by some. In fact, I can live with the idea that I will not be accepted by some. I can live with this also knowing that on the other side of it, some may find freedom and acceptance of themselves on their journey, hearing my story and knowing that they're not alone. And the fact that I can find freedom and acceptance and growth in my life by letting go of this very limiting and damaging set of beliefs and the fears attached to them is worth celebration for me. This is incredibly vulnerable, people. It's incredibly hard, but it's more than worthwhile because the freedom I feel when I can step out of that belief is unbelievably uh, liberating. So how did I go from point A, this terrible narrative controlling my thought world and thus my happiness, to point B, this internal liberation and freedom in my relationship with God and people and being accepted by me? I've done various things that have helped me a lot But one thing that I've done several times that I love, that is extremely powerful and changes paradigms like this um, to help me find peace is called rewriting your story. I've learned to rewrite my story from several different sites um, and authors over the past several years, but I didn't put it all into practice right away. Oftentimes when I get an idea or pass over something, I don't digest it right away or take action right away. Oftentimes I'll read it, mull over it, read over it again from someone else, and I just keep coming back to it until eventually I've worked it out in my head and I'm ready to give it a try in a way that I think might work for me, and that's what happened here. So I'm going to describe how I do this as simply as possible, and if you would like to implement this throughout your week or even just when you're really having a hard time emotionally, I really think it'll help. First, I sit down at the computer and open a Word document. I also have a a journal app, which I find helpful as well. I am much faster at typing than I am at writing, and I'm assuming a lot of you are too, so that's my preferred method of journaling, but you can totally write if that's better for you. I start with expressive writing, just pouring out on the page whatever comes into my mind. Often something will start to manifest as I type a struggle or an issue. Organically, our brains try to work through what we're struggling with. We may not even be aware of it, but as you write, you're able to connect to your internal narrative a bit more directly. 
Keep writing for a time period, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or anywhere in between or beyond, whatever works for you. And when you're done, read what you've written without judgment. This is key here. You don't want to filter what you're writing while you're writing it. And you don't want to act as the enemy, shaming yourself afterwards for those expressed thoughts and feelings. This is a totally safe space to be fully vulnerable. Honor that. This is just a reflection of what's going on, a glimpse inside of where your heart and head are struggling. Let it soak in and sit with it, and then acknowledge these feelings that came out. Really acknowledge them, truly and specifically. I recommend typing out the acknowledgement, but you can just say, I accept it all over and over as you sit with the ideas. You can also picture your child self, the child who is in there with the patterns that still exist within her ways of being. And you can visualize yourself embracing that child with the empathy and compassion that she both needs and desires. Give her what she needs and don't try to change her feelings. That's not it, hang in with me. Now it's time to give yourself a few moments of silence. Just allow yourself to be with what's going on emotionally for you. Let it sink in. Breathe, close your eyes. You can do this with yourself as long as it feels comfortable, but if you're not comfortable with it at all, I would totally encourage you to try to sit with it anyway for at least a minute or two to start with. The space is important. After this is your opportunity to reflect on what you've written, acknowledged, and experienced. To look at it from an outside perspective and to rewrite your story reflecting on anything you see that is valuable in this situation. Areas you see that you have limiting beliefs that are not serving your life, but that are hurting you in your relationships or keeping you trapped. You can now see why you felt that way. You don't need to sit in defense anymore but you can just simply reflect as you would with a friend or when experiencing a conflict in the context of a book or a show or a movie, what you're learning through this. Find a way through this to make it empowering. There are always different perspectives in any situation. We have clung, we have to cling to a story in order to make sense of things. Remember, that's how our brain works. So give it a story. But you get to proactively choose the story now or the side of the elephant that actually serves your life and helps you to live the life you desire. It is not that only one story is true. Remember this, it's just one perspective. With my kids, we love to read stories and then watch the movie. We've read countless classics and then we've watched the movies and we've sometimes read several narratives of the same story essentially to get to talk about the differences. There's a lot of value in narrative. There's also incredible value in weighing out alternative narratives. Make sure the one you attach to serves you. So rewrite this story, trying in the story to let go of what you can't control and cling to the virtues that you are being drawn towards in reflection. You can do this as long as you want. At the end, when you've finally gotten it out, I would recommend that you reread what you just wrote. Reread the rewrite of the original story this time, that is, not the original story. It will feel amazing and re-empower you. It will feel, fill you up with energy. The power in a story is priceless. 
This will likely happen naturally, but either in your head or with your writing, finish this practice with gratitude. Show gratitude for the perspective, for the shift, for the lessons in the experience, for the ability to have changed your perspective, for God opening your eyes, for your humility and seeing alternative perspectives, for your growth and for the time you're taking to make these changes. It can be super quick or it can be as long as you'd like. You can leave some of the steps out um, that I mentioned up here for your practice. You can write them or type them or if this is even better for some of you more verbal types, you can even set your phone to a voice recorder app and simply go for a walk with your earbud or or your headset and record yourself talking. You'll just seem to your neighbors like you're on the phone, but it can be a very powerful way to express yourself as well. Part of it's being outside and another part of it is moving your body. You can take what you find inspiring here and just leave the rest, but again, this is a powerful experience. If you decide to write or type it out, I encourage you to burn or shred the original story at the end. Burn them safely, please, in a fireplace or fire pit or crumple them up and throw them away or shred them. And as you do this, this physical practice can be a very tangible way to help symbolize and internalize letting the old narrative go and letting it all go to accepting what is and embracing where you are now. Heck, you can burn or crumple the whole thing if you'd like. It's an awesome conclusion to the practice, I promise. So I hope you were able to find inspiration here and you're excited and empowered to try this exercise for yourself. In case it is helpful, as I always find it is, I wanna share here also an example of myself rewriting my own story so you can see the paradigm shift from an outsider's perspective and reinforce the idea that this is incredibly powerful and tangible for application in your own life. So here I'll just take the story I shared from before and I'll do my own rewrite. I grew up with a single mom who was a rock star. She really loved us more than anything in the world and still does. She gave everything she could to inspire and support us with what she had. Even though it must have been painful for her, she made sure I got to meet my father when I was 13. I had always wanted to meet him and know him. He met me and introduced me to his version of God. Out of love, his version of it, (laughs) he shared with me his faith, wanting me to find healing the way he needed healing. I went from having no dad to knowing he was out there. I got to meet two beautiful girls, sisters, I had never known I would even have, and to feel their energy. I got to find some healing knowing that he was able to try to be there for these girls in their formative years. And the very challenges that I faced in not having a father around made it so that I deeply appreciated the relationships I did have, and I loved fully with more of my heart. Living with our grandparents for years made us able to provide uh, both my mother and our little family with a foundation in our childhood when other things seemed hard. Watching my mother survive through countless challenges and always come back trying to love empowered me with the ability to love so deeply and never give up. Experiencing the phase in which I went through partying and felt like I lost myself in conforming to that which I thought others wanted taught me about the pain and loneliness in that type of living. 
It showed me that this doesn't heal the pain that is inside and gave me the humility to understand and empathize deeply with other women and people that make decisions and lead down a path they don't actually want. I have often pondered the idea that without ugliness it is hard to see true beauty, and without evil it's hard to appreciate real unconditional love. I also feel like without knowing what I know from my experiences in my past, my own unique personhood would not have had what it needed to form those deep character grooves within my heart and soul, the ones that give me this unique passion and purpose the one that I find today being a driver of who I am and who I'm becoming. In experiencing faith the way I did from the beginning, I'm able to reflect on how polarized not only religion can be, but also individuals who feel like they fall within the reign of a tribe of belief systems. I can see the danger in basing my security, not only in another individual's acceptance, but the deep prison I place myself in when I try to find acceptance of tribes. I am my own being, separate in creation and existence from any other person. Because of my existence and ability to write them with truth and clarity of other perspectives, to rewrite them, I can see that my journey with Christ and God and faith and my past and whatever that plays out in my life is my business and God's and nobody else's. I can also see that the same is true in reverse, and I can find freedom in accepting other people completely as they are, and focusing on spreading the love that abundantly overflows from my life. I release the idea that I need approval of anybody but God and myself, and I'm so grateful for the experiences and the lessons that have led me to where I am today. And I know they will continue to lead me down my path to tomorrow, and to the next year, and to everything that lies ahead. I don't have to know where I will be or what I will think tomorrow. I don't have to control it. I will keep asking questions and seeking authentically and fully accept this wonderful life and all the teachers and lessons that God places before me. Okay, so I hope that that was helpful, hearing me rewrite my story. It's incredibly freeing and healing to try this practice of rewriting your story. Your work for the week, if you choose to go forth, is to try out a version of rewriting your story. It's simply an organized journaling session which you can tweak with the above advice. Share with me your epiphanies. Share with me what has helped and where you've come. I can't wait to hear it seriously. I hope you find so much freedom from thoughts that were holding you back. I hope you can see a new and beautiful side of yourself that you didn't see before. You've got this sunshine. This world is a beautiful, messy place, and it is much better with you in it. Until next time, this is Holly Ann Casper, the Radical Imperfectionist. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.